Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Someday I want to come on here and sing a little ditty, you know, the one that makes everybody happy and want to dance around. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, back in the studio live, back from a week out in Los Angeles. And for tonight's show, uh, Pipe Parts. I'm going to meander a little bit because, uh, well, I'll tell you about it, but I'm going to talk about some of the uh, some of the classic shaped pipes and a little collection that I've kind of put together of my own. Uh, my guest tonight is uh, Scott Harris, better known as Sparky's Pipes, uh, intricate carving pipe maker, and uh, well, well, we'll have Sparky on and you'll learn a whole lot more about him. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on uh, tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Um, so yeah, I'm back from L.A., I uh, spent uh, four days working in my grandmother's house with uh, my wife, both kids, my sister, her kids when they weren't in school, my uh, and both of my parents there most of the time, just uh, throwing stuff away, digging stuff out, going through family stuff. Uh, we now have seven boxes coming UPS of framed pictures, pictures and family memorabilia from photo albums and uh, doodads and uh, all kinds of little things from my grandmother's house. Uh, Seven boxes, $500 UPS ground just to get them back across the country here. Um, But anyway, the uh, the house, you know, moved in there in 1962, and when they moved in, they uh, didn't throw away much when they got there in the first place. So a lot of, uh, a lot of family history. Uh, one of the things you really don't need to keep is uh, rabies vaccine, vaccination receipts for a dog that you had in nine, late 1940s, early 1950s. But apparently my grandparents kept them just in case. <laughs> anyway, we found some found some fun stuff. No uh, no pipe smoking memorabilia in there. Sorry. Yeah, no uh, no lost uh, lost wonderful Dunhills or Sassinis, which I'll talk about in pipe parts in just a minute. But all right, everybody, let's get the show going. So sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company. And here we go. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell and Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age. And we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenay's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deal's Cellar Series, the secret ingredient 
is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. Welcome back. All right, for pipe parts, I want to talk a little bit about um, about the classic shapes of pipes and how I think it correlates to what was going on in England in the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, post-World War II. Uh, part of this came up in a, uh, in a discussion, and for the past four or five years, I have been uh, putting together a, a very small part of my pipe collection is dedicated to the classic factories of England in the 30s, 40s, 50s. Uh, obviously, Dunhill, Sassini, Barling, Camoys, Sheraton, GBD. I mean, those are the those are the six mainstays of British pipe making in that time. Um, what I was looking for was in putting together my little collection of pipes was what is the quintessential shape of from each factory. Um, when I looked at Dunhill, the first thing that came to my mind was either the Bulldog, in particular the Bent Bulldog, or the Bent Billiard. Uh, Dunhill's LB-shaped Bent Billiard is, to me, the absolute model of what a Bent Billiard should be. The lines are perfect, the balance is right, the shaping and proportions are almost exacting. Uh, when I looked at Barling, to me, Barling did, uh, no no other pipe factory did a pot shape better than Barling. Um, my opinion, no other, no other uh, factory did better stem work than Barling did. So I found a, a, a very small, elegant shaped pot pre-transition Barling uh, for Kamoy's. Every time I every time I looked at Kamoy's, every Kamoy that I saw that I really thought was absolutely perfect was a straight billiard. Kamoy's proportions on the straight billiard, to my eye, looked absolutely perfect. Uh, Sassini was a little more a little harder for me to narrow down, uh, but I did kind of strike a balance between a stacked rusticated. Uh, a stacked rusticated billiard and I ended up finding this absolutely gorgeous Canadian shape that just looks like it looks like a perfect Canadian uh, the bowl's not too tall not too wide just a traditional small group 3 billiard bowl hanging out there on a long oval stemmed piece of wood um, now for Sheraton it was a little more difficult for me to narrow down one what is a shape that I like that Sheraton does and two um, what still looks like Sheraton. Uh, the first one that came to my mind was somewhat of a Bell Dublin which was gifted to me several years ago. Uh, the pipe is large but it has that little bit of belling in on the top of it and it just to me looks like okay here's Sheraton taking you know looking at their take of what a Dublin should look like 
then I also found just a real classic, small, almost pot-like, but still billiard-esque uh, pipe that, for Sheraton, just kind of caught me by surprise that it was a Sheraton, because it looked too very traditional and too simple. Um, GBD. Every time I thought of GBD, I thought of the uniques, I thought of the prehistorics, but I wanted a smooth, and I wanted a pedigree, and I wanted, you know, just something that I could also smoke. Um, I came, you know, went through a couple of pipes, and then eventually kind of upgraded and settled in on a pedigree grade 3 that is just the finest looking little grained group 4 straight billiard. Um, now, what I've also done over this time frame is every time I've had the opportunity to slightly upgrade my pipe. Uh, for example, the Kamoi's that I have is a specimen straight grain. And if you look in the picture of me posed behind the uh, studio, uh, behind the, the studio mixing board with at the microphone, that is that Kamoi's specimen straight grain in my mouth. Um, what I think is interesting is that, you know, it's, uh, English pipes are not my, not one of my favorites, but all those pipes do smoke well for me. I enjoy each one of them, but I think it's interesting to have it and to pay homage to the classic pipes because we always hear from every pipe maker that, you know, that you want to learn to make the classics first. Well, maybe we as pipe smokers need to learn how to smoke the classics first before we start learning how to smoke more extravagant shapes i don't know anyway something for you to think about hey if you've got an idea for pipe parts and you want me to cover it email me brian at pipesmagazine.com or post it on the uh, pipes magazine radio show page uh reach out to me on facebook and i'll uh, add it in there i'm kind of running out of stuff to really dig into that's new and fresh so let me know if you have anything that you want me to talk about all right, in just a minute, Scott Harris. This is Internet Radio. Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is molto dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Sightlift Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malta Dolce blend in public. 
We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is a pipe maker. And boy, you and I have got so many different hobbies that we like, but let's let, we'll break it down slowly. Uh, pipe maker Scott Harris, who most of you will mainly know as uh, Sparky or Sparky's Pipes. So, Scott, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you very much, sir. All right, so tell us, um, where where are you from and where did you grow up? Uh, I'm originally from Washington State, a little a little town called Manson. Uh, it's actually not a town. It's uh, it's just under a town. <laughs> uh, we had maybe like a couple thousand people, and that was it. Yeah, grew up there, and when the military came back and moved to Wenatchee, and the rest of my time was there until I came to Idaho which I love now. I'm in McCall, Idaho, on the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. So you've got some altitude and some uh, fairly cool weather all winter long and some wonderful summers. Oh, uh, yeah. It doesn't get, I would say it doesn't get more than 89 here most of the time because we're at 5,000 feet is where my house is. So it's pretty mild summers and really heavy winters. Wow. All right, so when did you start smoking a pipe? Uh, I started smoking in, in 1989 when I was in the military. Uh, and how I started smoking was really, we were trying to keep warm in foxholes over in Korea. And uh, everybody had their sternos. And I saw a guy across me in a foxhole smoking a pipe, and he had his hands around the pipe to keep his hands warm. And I was like, wait a minute. That is awesome. <laughs> That started it all right there. So, so not only does it warm the hands, it warms the mouth and uh, tastes good at the same time. Exactly. I didn't realize until uh, probably five years later that my dad and my grandfather actually smoked a pipe. Uh, so it was, it was pretty interesting. Now, do you remember what your first pipe and your uh, first tobacco was? <laughs> my first pipe was uh, a Dr. Gravo. And I still, well, I don't have that exact Dr. Graybo because it got lost in the mail coming back, but I have uh, one like it. And the tobacco was a really bad cherry tobacco I bought in the PX. I don't remember the brand name. It was it was horrible. Uh, do you remember how long it was before you found a pipe tobacco that you kind of liked? Uh, yeah, it was uh, 19... Uh, 98, 97, uh, I found a little place in Spokane, Washington, uh, that sold tobacco, and they had the full-on tobacco bar going on, and, and, oh my goodness, I didn't know how many blends were out there, and it just, it, it went on, and by 99, I found one Q, <laughs> and, uh, after that, every, like, three months, I was ordering five pounds of one Q constantly so you you found your happy place and uh and you've been happy ever since oh yeah it's a it's a total relaxation uh a thinking thing for me uh, i would not give it up for anything and i, I you know th this is kind of off base but you were kind of early into the pipe revolution before a lot of these guys that have just started in the past five years i mean you're like a grandpa in the pipe world now yeah, most of the guys in the in the pipe car still tease me about that. Uh, 
uh, I actually started, uh, when I started really heavily smoking was around 98, 99. And I found out really quick I could not afford a good pipe on a cop salary. So I started making pipes in 99. Uh, and at that time, there wasn't a whole lot of information anywhere. Damn. So uh, they, they teased me a lot about because I go back to, I found one document on the Internet from a European carver, and it talked about, it was, uh, it was like 30 pages long, and it was all about internals. <laughs> and I, I memorized that thing front to back, and uh, I, I constantly bring that up, and so everybody kind of goes, yeah, yeah, we know, Grandpa, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was what you used to uh, to teach yourself with? Uh, pretty much. I, I didn't have a whole lot of help uh, until 2005, really, in the shaping. I used that document to uh, really do all my internals. And uh, in 2005, I ended up meeting a guy named Chris Morgan, yeah. which very quickly told me that my shaping sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he really helped me out. I mean, even though my, uh, my style was a lot different for, from his, uh, he helped me out a lot about how to actually do classics, how to make them look right, and uh, he, he helped a lot uh, on that, on the outside, and especially finishing. Now, I think this would be the perfect spot to talk to you about your uh, about your memory and the accident. So, if you can explain that to us, because that's about the right time frame, if I remember. <laughs> yes, uh, well, right around that time, actually, uh, I I left law enforcement because my police department shut down and was going to back to school until we bought a house. And uh, everybody knows, when you buy a house, you got to have a job. So I left school, got the first job I had, uh, I could find, which was a neon sign electrician. And uh, within the first month I was in there, I actually went up into a neon sign. And the guy that was with me was not supposed to do anything until I got out of the sign. And when I was in there, he decided he was going to work on the switch and accidentally clicked it on, which at the time I was grounded with my left hand and my butt cheek with a pair of lineman pliers was hitting the positive of the transformer, which is a 9,000 volt AC transformer oh. that are set in, in a series. Uh, so he hit that on. Uh, I, he basically said it sounded like a animal dying for several seconds because he was yelling up at me, are you okay? Are you caught on something? And then he finally figured out what was going on, shut it off, and I I melted down, totally melted down, one transformer where the insulation was coming out the bottom and fried two others. Uh, and after that, luckily, I lived. Yeah. Uh, the bad part is I have extensive nerve damage and a whole bunch of just stuff going on and the biggest one is uh if anybody's ever watched the movie 50 first date uh that's me pretty much i have a day and a half uh maybe two days of memory and everything is wiped uh it's one of the reasons why we actually moved up here to montcal idaho uh, the population is under 3,000, and we needed a place where i did not get any stimulus whatsoever uh to help my memory and so my wife, who is phenomenal, 
found a job up here and moved us up here so we have a small ranch and I don't see anybody but maybe once a week. Wow. But thankfully you're still alive. Uh, yes. <laughs> Most people don't live through that. And so uh, the biggest thing I've, I've had a hurdle and uh, luckily I have awesome friends uh, beyond uh, their, their patience is, is beyond recognition. I mean, uh, people like uh, Jason McNary, uh, Metamorphos, known as Sarge, Chris Morgan, uh, all the guild guys, they know it, and uh, so they'll tell me something, and then, you know, it'll get brought up again, and like, we told you, to, oh, wait a minute, and they'll re-explain it, and most of them know, like, uh, if they ask me a question on how to do something, I have to go back to my Bible. I have made my own pipe-making book, so every Monday, of course, because I don't make pipes through the weekend because that's family time. Uh, every Monday, I have to read through how to make a pipe and how to work my lathe every Monday. And so uh, they're, they're very patient with me, <laughs> to say the least. And, and you're also very patient with yourself, which is, uh, <laughs> which is great because um, I get frustrated at myself if I forget what I was getting up to go do. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those where you kind of get used to it. Yeah. Or not used to it. It's kind of like you just accept it. There's a lot of guys, if you really talk to the pipe makers, you really find out a lot of pipe makers have some kind of disability. And uh, it's one of those where you just kind of accept it and you just move on. And it, luckily, you know, if you have people around you that, that understand, like uh, when I go to pipe meetups, a lot of the community doesn't know, especially a lot of the new guys that came in probably in the last, uh, what is it, the last like six, seven years. And so when I go to a pipe meetup, I'll have uh, long-time pipe community guys will be hanging around. Somebody will come up, and they'll just come over and whisper in my ear who the guy is, where he's from, what he does, everything else. I mean, so, I mean, the community in it as a whole is, so gracious to help me out uh, to make sure I don't look like a real uh, not nice guy <laughs> or full of himself. I don't remember anybody. Uh, they they've helped out greatly. Yeah, that I mean that is wonderful, and yeah, it's I I don't want you to feel bad because I meet people and I don't remember their names, but I remember their faces, and it kind of looks right. And I wish I had somebody that could whisper in my ear, but. You've got every excuse, and uh, and no pro- don't don't worry about it at all. We're all here for you. <laughs> That's when you you just have really good friends. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing that I'll tell you is, I know you you know you have to write stuff down and and then reread it. I know a lot of the older pipe makers that have been making pipes for years and they make extensive notes when they're making a shape of a pipe or they might make a stencil of it and then take notes on it afterwards and then two, three, four years later when they go to make that same shape, they have to go back to their notes and refer to them again, which is the same thing you do. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I used to use a lot of stencils, uh, especially... In my earlier years, uh, and then when I got a hold of like uh, Jason McNary and uh, Sarge, who are both metal workers and machinists, uh, they really helped me kind of progress because I just 
I, I'm a leech. If somebody is smarter than me, which is 90% of the people, I, I'm taking notes every time I talk to them. And so they made it so now when I do a pipe, I can actually draw it out as a schematic and do angles and arcs and, you know, radiuses and everything like that. So when I'm done, uh, normally I can take that and get a pipe within a very small variance of being exactly the same. Uh, it's having, you know, everybody says, you know, hang around people are smarter than you. Uh, or at least that's what my grandfather told me. And uh, I've always like, just held that to the highest regard is, you know, be around people that know something different and learn from them. Because especially with pipe making, there are so many fields that can go into pipe making. Uh, my pipes have actually really came a long ways in the last probably, you know, several years just because hanging around with uh, woodworkers, machinists, uh, you know, all those kind of guys that have different trades, but they can, the terminology can just transfer straight over to, to pipes. Yeah, uh, listen, it's it's really easy for me to hang around people that are much smarter than me as long as I'm near somebody who's graduated from kindergarten. So I, I completely understand. Uh, we're gonna, a lot like me. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with Scott, so stay with us. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at Smokingpipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, Sparky Scott Harris. Uh, so, Scott, what was the uh, what was the hardest part of pipe making for you at the beginning? Honestly, uh, being able to study that one document we talked about earlier with internals, uh, my biggest problem was the shaping. Uh, just transferring, because uh, I had a lot of carving experience at that point and trying to transfer that over to get the right shape. Uh, I, you know, started out with pokers like most guys do, uh, and it was it was really, it took a long time to transfer from that to, like, billiards was a big one, trying to get multiple billiards to be the same way. And luckily, uh, having a couple little tricks from, you know, buddies that were been in it a decade, uh, to come back and let you know, it's like, hey, you really need to work on this. That that helped a lot. Was the uh, was the billiard the most difficult shape for you? Actually, the most difficult shape for me, because I hate them with a passion, <laughs> is a blowfish. 
Uh, I've probably only done two that I like in my whole time. Uh, the blowfish for me, I just, I, I don't care for them. And, and it, you know as well as I do, if you don't like something, it's hard to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what is your, what's your favorite part of pipe making? Uh, really, the, the favorite part is when, and it sounds corny is all out, but it's when somebody gets a pipe and they realize that they got something that is worth more than they paid for it, and they are extremely grateful and ecstatic, and they're smoking it all the time, and you, they're sending me pictures, you know, in different places, you know, just by box or just off and on. Uh, that is my... That, that's really my, my why I want to keep doing it. Uh, there's a couple times during pipe making where I almost gave it up, and it, it's the guys that, that do that, that just love pipes. Uh, they really make, you know, somebody that wants to spend extra time uh, just keep on going. It's, uh, it's, the, uh, it's the customer satisfaction that makes you want to go on and make the next one. Oh, Definitely. Definitely. It's like I do a lot of, uh, I probably haven't done commissions because of the memory issue. I've, I've had problems in the past keeping track of commissions. And so I finally said, okay, I'm not doing any more commissions. Unless it's like a wedding or a birthday or an anniversary or something like that. Uh, and honestly, those, I remember those more than any other pipe, even the high dollar stuff I've done. I remember those pipes the most because I have them saved and I have their comments saved and and you know every time on their anniversary or or whatever comes around they'll message me and go hey I'm smoking your pipe uh that's just a feeling you can't replace I mean I don't know any other trade even as a, a carver when I did you know carving for gun stocks and you know figurine all that kind of stuff you didn't get that kind of connection to the customer I mean, you you do make a lot of intricately carved and shaped pipes. Um, about how long does it take for you to make one of those? Uh, it really depends. Uh, some of my my easier stuff, uh, it can take up to like a week to two. Some of the really crazy stuff that people look at and go, why do you even do that? Uh, can take me up to three months to finish. Uh, right now, I have a dragon pipe I've been working on for probably two months. Uh, and it's a, just a simple bent billiard, and a dragon is actually wrapped all the way around it. Now, are you, are you working on other pipes in between this dragon, or is this the sole thing you're working on? Uh, actually, it's been my full thing I've been working on, uh, between that and then weekends, I'm working on a ranch, digging <laughs> ditches, but, uh, I've only really had, I, I do exceptions, and very lightly, I had a buddy that came and said, uh, a friend had a very large, uh, situation happen in their life lately, and they, and a lot of their buddies got together and wanted to get in that pipe. Uh, at that point, I put everything on hold, and it's like friends and family come first always. So I've only had really one pipe in between doing the dragon. Wow, I mean, on the, on 
on the website, which is Sparky's, S-P-A-R-K-Y-S, pipes.com, is a wonderful gallery of some incredibly intricate pipes and some beautiful work, uh, plus some traditional pipes. I encourage everybody to go over there and check them out. And, uh, hey, I would assume that you also kind of check it out occasionally to see what you did if you don't remember. I actually have, uh, if you go through my videos on YouTube, they look kind of odd, a lot of them. Uh, it's because those are my uh, memory bank, if you will. So uh, especially on Mondays, I go through my gallery on my computer and then go through videos uh, to remember uh, friends that I don't talk to very often, uh, just in case they do end up calling me up. And that sort of thing. So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of hilarious when somebody call or writes you and goes, "This is awesome! I love this pipe." And I'm like searching through my my data bank trying to figure out which pipe he actually has, so I can respond, you know, accordingly, uh, so he doesn't think that I, I'm, you know, just blowing him off or something. <laughs> the uh, YouTube channel is uh, Sparky's Pipes spelled the same way as the website, so you can check that out, too. Uh, do you have any kind of art training that you've had in the past? I mean, these are some incredibly beautiful carvings and shapings that you're doing on pipes. Did you have any... Uh, in the foxholes, were you learning art or something? Well, it was actually back when I was... Uh, I was probably, like... I was really young. I don't know the exact age, but my uh, my grandfather was a heavy woodsman, and I went out with him uh, nonstop. I was out with him more during the week than I was with my parents. And he was the kind of guy where if uh, you weren't getting firewood, you weren't doing something, he was going to keep you busy. So he ended up having me a pocket knife and said, carve something. And uh, he was very direct of what did not look right or, you know, or what did. And so that was my start on trying to get an eye for carving. And I did that uh, probably with him until I was 15. And it only took me a, probably a, a couple of years. I was 18 when I was selling my first carvings at a, right before I left high school. And then when I came out of the military, I picked it up again, uh, my mother graciously gave, ended up spending a lot of money getting me uh, a high-end engraver system uh, for wood carving, and uh, I just I never stopped. That's always been a serious hobby for me. I was doing uh, anything from plaques to vases, figurines to gun stocks. Uh, so it's it's I haven't had training, uh, but I've known a lot of artists along the way. Uh, one guy was in the military, I don't remember his name, uh, taught me how to draw using the grid system. Uh, getting out and getting into the YouTube uh, community, I had guys like uh, ADZ Pipes. I'm sure everybody knows him that's in the YouTube community. Really give me some hard criticism on a, a pipe I gave him really early in my career as a pipe maker on YouTube. Uh, and the reason why I gave it to him because I, I wanted some really hard uh you did this wrong, and, and he helped out a lot. And it, 
to this day, I'll carve a pipe and he'll send me a message and go, you know what, dude, you really need to change this before it goes out. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you always need those guys that are willing to tell you the truth and still be your friend afterwards. Uh, exactly. That's, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I mean, every day I talk to uh, a lot of guys that are in the guild on Boxer. Uh, we have 37 or so guys in the guild right now. Uh, we have like a 24-hour Boxer chat. So as soon as I get out in the shop, I'm talking to somebody as I'm doing whatever I'm doing all day long. And so I'll just take photos of what I'm doing. And uh, the nice part about it is, you know, we're really hard on each other. Uh, but we do it because all of us want to learn so bad to be better that it's like if we do something right, we praise each other up and down. But if we do something wrong, we're not scared to say, dude, you really need to change that because that sucks. <laughs> uh, so have, having that many guys in your corner that will make sure you don't send anything out that looks bad, uh, I, I got an ace in the hole to say. And now is the uh, Pipe Carvers Guild, is that open to the public or is it by invitation? And what exactly is it? Uh, the Pipe Carver's Guild is a thing that, uh, me and Mike Miller, uh, known as Duke, uh, Miller Pipes, came up with, uh, we, I've talked about it for many years with, uh, several carvers, and they were like, yeah, you know, Guild will not work, everybody's gonna fight that and burn you, <laughs> and that, that will not go. Uh, when, uh, Mike Miller got a hold of me and said, you know, we really need to do this. There's a lot of new guys out there that are coming up that need help, and uh, we should do it. So the guild is founded on uh, kind of an old-school guild theory where freedom is, uh, the, the information is totally free. There's no cost to be in the guild uh, at all. Uh, I, me and Mike Miller have actually paid every dime for the forums and the website and all the stuff for the guild uh, from day one. So the guys coming in can just come in, and uh, we don't ask a whole lot of them. Uh, it's pretty much you have to be a pipe maker. You have to have made several pipes, uh, and it's only four pipe makers. And then you, you're required to do uh, one pipe a month, as that's what I've been working on, and then one pipe a quarter, which is a classic, and we just communicate back and forth. Uh, it's really open. It's really easy. It doesn't fit everybody. We've had some guys in there, you know. You really have to have a thick skin and the right or, uh, mental outlook when you go into something like that, when you have 30 guys telling you you did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of guys that can take that. I mean, be honest with you. But it's awesome when you do something right and you have 30 guys going, you nailed that spot on. Uh, so we fluctuate between like 30 members and 50 members right around there, off and on. Uh, the people who are active, uh, you have to be really active to stay in. So as those are removed and people come in, we usually have that fluctuation. So th this is not a place where you're going to find a bunch of cheerleaders just rooting you on. This is a place where you're going to get judged openly and expected to improve your craft. 
yes, uh, that's that's the main thing. Is that the guys that are in the guild are extremely devoted. Uh, we have a lot of hobbyists in the guild uh, that only do uh, maybe two mo- two pipes a month because uh, they have jobs and family and all that kind of stuff. And then we have professional pipe makers in the guild that that is their job. Uh, we have uh, new guys that have only been in a year, and we've had guys uh, like Doc, who's been a pipe maker in, I think, the 60s or 70s, and just came back to pipe making. So it's like <laughs> the, the outlook we have is really nice because you have a uh, new set of eyes on old problems, number one, that will find fixes that we never thought about. And then we have the old school guys going, we've always done it like this, and we know this works. So, meld all that together, and uh, yeah, the, it's, honestly, it's really humbling being around guys, you know, like Matt, Van Pipes, Mike Couch, Phil, or Riviera, Big Joe, Stormcastle, Basil Metals, all these guys that are in here, uh, they are so devoted in just making a good pipe. They could care less on the price of the pipe. It really... For a guy who's been in it so long, it's like uh, it's like an energy boost every day. It's like you want to get up, you want to do it. It's, it's the new outlook, it's the fresh the fresh view on it, if you will. It sounds wonderful. And before we finish up, I want to ask you what are what other hobbies do you have besides a uh, besides a ranch and uh, and pipe making? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm really into archery, uh, as a lot of guys that see my YouTube channel, I used to be expedition archer, so I did like trick shots and like that stuff. I still do them. Yeah. And, uh, right now I, I'm challenging, uh, one of our guild members' daughter, uh, she's, I, 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 if I had to bet money, I think she's going to be in the Olympics in the next 10 years. Wow. Uh. So we have challenges going on. I love archery. Uh, I love long-distance shooting. Uh, I've got a lot of long-distance precision shooting in the military, and I carry it on for hunting, uh, bushcraft, which I'm not a real bushcraft guy. I'm more of a woodsman than a bushcraft guy. And uh, the other thing I really love is uh, quick draw. Uh, a lot of guys that see my videos kind of go, do you carry that gun all the time or is that just for the videos? And uh, the answer is no, I live in Idaho. We're open carry and I carry a gun 24-7. And I practice quick draw monthly uh, to do, and I do it correctly. I use wax bullets. Don't use land ammo if you wanted to get into this. But uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I watched some of the videos before we did this, and I'm really kind of jealous of it. But uh, someday for me, uh, especially that old single action stuff, I love it. Uh, you can't beat it. You really can't. That and uh, uh, Winchester 94, you get those two together, you have fun. Scott, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. In your case, just whatever you wrote down because I gave you these in advance so you could prep for it. So here you go. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. What is your favorite pipe? Uh, my favorite pipe has to be uh, actually a pipe from one of our guild members from Matt Van Pipes. Uh, it's a Lovat. 
and it smokes like a dream. What's your favorite tobacco? Uh, that would have to be a cross between one Q and Mississippi River. I know it's a, it's, that's a big stretch, but those <laughs> are my two. What's your favorite drink? Dark beer. As I go into a bar, when I order beer, I say, the darkest beer you have on tap. When it is time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, music with family. And last question is, uh, do you have a particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory? I do, because it's one of the only memories I have of my children growing up. Uh, uh, due to my memory issue, the only thing I can remember if I get really off the charts bad, or I go all the way the other way where it's like so happy, it's insane. And so one of the memories I have is actually a Christmas morning uh, when my kids were, well, I was four and six, coming out. Before Christmas morning, seeing all the packages, and I was sitting in the couch watching them run up to the tree smoking a pipe. Oh. Yeah, hold on to that one. Uh, to uh, hook up with uh, Sparky or Scott, whichever person you want to hook up with, with they're both the same, <laughs> uh, go to sparkyspipes.com, look for Sparky's Pipes on YouTube, and... Uh, Sparky's on uh, Facebook, too. So, Scott, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. We'll be back in just a minute. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CupOfJoes.com. CupOfJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupOfJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at CupOfJoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, CupOfJoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. This is internet radio we are back and uh hey make sure and uh, make sure and check out uh sparky's pipes and check out his uh his uh youtube feed too because there's a uh there's a youtube video up right now of him trying to shoot a uh shoot an arrow out of a bow and just spin a nick uh spin a quarter so some really cool stuff and a great guy all right, for music, um, we're going way off the reservation with this one, but uh, NPR's got a uh, show called the uh, Tiny Desk, uh, Tiny Desk Music, or whatever the whatever it's called. Anyway, they had a um, uh, they had an open contest for uh, submissions to be on the show and to win a chance to perform a Tiny Desk concert. Uh, they received six thousand different submissions 
And the winner was a lady named Galen Lee. And this song is called Someday Will Linger in the Sun. Uh, What makes Galen unique is that she was born with brittle bone disease, so her arms and legs didn't fully develop and they're bowed in. She plays the violin standing up, kind of like you'd hold a cello. And what you are about to hear is absolutely all her. So Galen Lee doing Someday Will Linger in the Sun.
Again, her name is Galen, G-A-E-L-Y-N-N, Lee, L-E-A. Um, married, lives in the uh, in Duluth, Minnesota, and uh, I, I would imagine after after winning this contest, she may not be playing at the uh, at pizza places too many more times, but hey, I hope you enjoyed Galen Lee. Well, let's see what's in the mail. In the mailbag, catching up on one uh, one email that or one posting that goes back to uh, Jeff Steinbach being on the show two weeks ago. Uh, Dino says, "Whoa, Dan, I may sit a lot more nowadays, but like you and John and a few others, I too have been contributing since episode one." Okay, now there's a battle. Um, he goes on to write, Brian, your conversation with Mr. Steinbach had just the right amount of information, caution, and suggestions for action that our community needs with respect to this onerous situation. I really enjoyed Thiele and Meyer. Chris is not only a master on of the mandolin, but he's the new host of the Prairie Home Companion on NPR. Yeah. Uh, the rant was perfectly on point. Thanks, Dino. And let's see, going back to uh, last week with Sarah, uh, Jax6 writes, uh, nice to see a female involved in the pipe business. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, T. Sheraldi writes, uh, I'm finally caught up. Just finished listening to all the back episodes. I have to say that it has been both educational and entertaining. Good. Glad it has been. Uh, this week's show with Sarah Steele of Briar Lab was no exception. What a great concept. Sarah certainly sounds like she has her hands full. Love the music. Louis Prima is one of my favorites, especially the Italian songs. I have two suggestions for the show. One, bring back the old tobacco commercials. They made me smile. Um, I would, except I think I ran through all of them, but I'll look deeper. It's a good idea for more pipe parts. Uh, two, set up an interview with Mike Spicer, the general manager of the Tinderbox in Dublin, Ohio. Mike has some very interesting views on pipes, people, and life that I think listeners would enjoy. An episode listening, uh, listing the popular tobacco blends that have been around since before 2007 might also be helpful. <laughs> I'll miss my daily podcast. I'll not have to wait a week like everybody else. Keep up the good work, sir. Uh, he did the Fast Five for us, so here it is. My father's old Costello, old antiquary. Hearth and Home Black House. Cavassier VSOP Cognac. A book, he likes historical fiction and British mysteries. Aren't British mysteries historical fiction anyway? Um, anyway, and then his favorite memory is... I was 10 years old and watching my father smoke his pipe in his leather recliner. I kept bugging him to let me try it. He finally gave in and handed me the pipe. The only pipe I had ever had in my mouth until then was a bubble pipe. So I blew hard into the pipe. Hot ash and tobacco flew all over my dad, his chair, and the floor. Dad, of course, began yelling and swearing, and Mom was furious, both because he let me try it and because I blew hot ash all over the family room. <laughs> That's priceless. I'm sorry I'm laughing so much, and thankfully I'm not the parent. <laughs> uh, George Tebow says, 
I call her Steely Sarah. Anyone who has met her will understand why she's powered by a little nuclear reactor, is relentlessly determined and curious about pretty much everything, and utterly charming. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still uh, still laughing. Uh, and let's see, in the uh, competition for uh, number one, we have Dan writing, uh, your pipe part segment was quite good. Sarah is a delightful person. She isn't the most knowledgeable person in the field, but she doesn't pass herself off as it. She's definitely the best looking thing to come out of Briar Labs, no matter what those two mutts, Lindner and King, have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, your rant was to the point, but sadly fighting battles for the correct use of English is as effective as our fights for our right to smoke. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and then finally, Dino says, what a delightful, entertaining, and informative conversation. Miss Steele brings a refreshing enthusiasm, considerable organizational expertise, and a wonderful shared vision with her Briar Labs compatriots. Their idea is reminiscent of the craft guilds of old, yet a totally fresh, innovative take. Uh, Louis Prima, one of the truly great entertainers, my favorite is his recording of Angelina, a perfect example of his high-voltage live performances. At the closing of the medley, Louis on trumpet and Sam Butera on sax bring the house down. Your rant was spot on, but I agree with Dan, wasted on the Twitter generation. Language is always in transition, rarely for the better. Thanks for another fun show, Dino. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not helping language much either. Um... Anyway, uh, hey, good news. I will be in uh, Kansas City for the pipe show on the 24th, 25th, and 26th. So if you're going to Kansas City, stop by, look me up. I'll be at my table, or I will be out in the uh, smoking tent somewhere. So I hope to see you all there in Kansas City, Missouri at the Argosy Casino. All right, in just a minute, rant time. Need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. Cowboy. Cowboy. 
Well, once again, the lunatics tried to take over the asylum. Um, no, not really, but there was a uh, there was a fairly prevalent member of the PipesMagazine.com forums that was banned from the forums, and it's caused a little bit of an uproar. Now, I don't know the details of what happened, but he apparently this forum member used language and got abusive towards other members, and that's not against that's that's not okay to do. You can't do that. No, you can be the leading expert on your opinion, but you can't tell other people that they're idiots or dumbasses for having a different opinion than yours, and you can't do that. No, why? Well, let me explain it to you clean and simple here. Uh, PipesMagazine.com is a online magazine that is published and has ads in it. Uh, just like this Pipes Magazine radio show has ads in it, and it's published and put together professionally. Well, the radio show somewhat. Uh, but anyway... You can't do that. This is not an open forum. And in the second place, like, really, we don't have enough problems in the with the government coming after us. We need to start going after each other. I mean, that's the stupidest thing of it all. You really don't need to bring that kind of animosity or those kinds of attacks into the pipe-smoking world when we got plenty of people trying to attack us from the outside. So... When a member gets out of line, the member gets banned from the forums. And that's the way it is. The forums will not end. The forums will continue to go on. And if one member gets banned, it's not the end of the world. No, there's plenty of great information out there. There's plenty of great articles on PipesMagazine.com. There's plenty of great radio shows on PipesMagazine.com for you to go back and listen to. All those articles, all that... Uh, all that backlog of information, all these radio shows that are still up and available for you to go and listen to anytime you want, all because uh, the site and the show has got great sponsors that help pay for all that, and part of that is we have to mind our P's and Q's. So there you go. Don't go opening up your mouth and be the leading expert on everybody else's opinion, because if you do that, I'll just call you my mother-in-law, and that'll be the end of it. Um, want to thank you all for tuning in. Hey, come by, see me in Kansas City. Love to see you there. If you get a chance, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. We would greatly appreciate that. And again, any comments, uh, post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page right on PipesMagazine.com. So once again, thank you. Thank you to uh, Sparky for joining me. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy I mean, really, just one of those little musical numbers where all of a sudden strangers start dancing in same formations and everybody's happy.